Max's Morning Market Mania has returned. I hope you guys all enjoyed your weekend. I'm back. Be sure to listen to our full-length episodes on Wednesday, 6 a.m., every single Wednesday. Uh, it's good to be back. You're going to be listening to this on Monday, September 19th, 2022. Before I get into the three topics for today, I'm going to give you guys the scoreboard. So... Let's see how everything moved in the last week. Dow Jones down 4.55%. The NASDAQ was down 6.2%. And the S&P 500 was down 5.4%. Nasty week for stocks. I hope you weren't long. I hope you were betting short. Or if you're a long-term investor, I hope you're just adding to your positions and just holding on tight. HODL, as they say. H-O-D-L. Hold on for dear life. Bitcoin. Down 10.2%. Ethereum down 23.5%. That is pretty big. It was up at like 1,750, give or take, and now it's in the 1,300. So if you're an Ethereum fan, you can buy it for a lot cheaper than you could have a week ago. And we did see Ethereum get up to like 5,000 at the peak. So if it returns back to its all-time highs, then what's that? A four-bagger almost? 4x return on your investment if it goes back up to its high, which I do think it will. Will it be this year? Definitely not. Will it be next year? Probably not. Will it be the year after that? Maybe. Maybe not, though. 10-year treasury up 0.13%. A lot of interesting stuff happening in the bond market. I'm going to get into this in my second or third article, which talks about interest rates. There is a weird anomaly that you guys need to hear about. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm going to talk about what it might mean. The DXY, the U.S. dollar index, up 1.15%. Oil took a tumble, down 2.46%. Gold really tumbled. It broke through that 1,700 number, got down to like 1,670. That was down 2.68%. Silver, not, much, not down as much, but down 1.1%. And I figured I'd throw uranium in there, even though it's not really a spot price you need to watch. I do watch it though. Uh, it it can provide clues, but it it takes more more knowledge in the market to see how that responds. And you can see uranium move up a lot or down a lot in a day, and it won't really have much of a reflection on the stock prices. But Ethereum was down seven point two three percent on the week. And with that, we will get into our first. Article, it is from Zero Hedge. China enjoys a nuclear, or sorry, China enjoys an energy bonanza as NATO sanctions against Russia fail. So despite all of these predictions that from economists and uh, people in politics, whatever, they were all saying, oh, Russia, due to the sanctions, all these sanctions from all over the world, it's going to destroy their economy. They've been saying that the Russia, Russian economy is going to implode within the next few months for like six months. And despite all those claims, it hasn't happened. Now, they will likely be seeing a reduction in GDP for the year. As with pretty much every country in the world right now, we are going through tough times. But it's not going to be nearly as bad as they say. Uh, this was a pretty interesting article. I'm going to give you the deets, uh, sum it all up. You can read it if you want. Link will be in bio, or description, rather. Uh, so they said in this article that Russia is still expected to see a decline in GDP, but it just won't be as bad as they forecasted. 
Sanctions on Russia have driven up energy prices, but it's only driven up energy prices for those that don't purchase from Russia. So all the NATO allies, they are not purchasing energy from Russia because of the sanctions. So what does that do? Uh, it, it, well, it has a lot of impacts on the supply and demand, but we're not going to buy it from Russia because, you know, Russia bad. We put sanctions on them or whatever. So that puts, that creates less demand. And we know supply and demand with less demand means a lower price. You still need to sell this energy. And if people aren't willing to buy it for X dollars, then you might need to sell it for X minus $1 or X minus $2. Well, you know who's buying that energy? China. They have no problem buying the energy from Russia because it's energy and it's the cheapest out there. It's cheaper than getting it anywhere else. And in fact, they're even selling it to the West at a markup. So how does that work? You know, these, these sanctions, they can be pretty unproductive. Uh, I hate to even comment too much on that because it's, it's such a touchy subject. You know, Russia invades Ukraine. Yeah, it's bad to invade a country. Zelensky refused to uh, meet these terms that Putin outlined well in advance to the invasion. And, you know, maybe if he agreed to those terms, you know, get NATO out of his backyard, get your military off my border, basically, then maybe this wouldn't have happened, but it did. And China is reaping a huge profit from it because they're buying all this energy at, at a steep discount. So some thought that, they mentioned this in the article, some thought that China was on the, the verge of an energy crisis, but Western sanctions created an overflowing supply for any nation willing to defy NATO. And China is the one defying NATO. They're buying energy from Russia, which is a sanctioned country. Uh, and we know that Russia and China are two of the biggest economic superpowers on the planet. And... In this article, it mentions the possibility of their alliance and some speculation that there isn't an alliance, but they brought up how there's joint military operations going on in Japan and Taiwan between the Russian and Chinese military. So an Eastern alliance is likely between the two countries. I mean, we already know they're part of Brinks, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. So on to the next article. This is in regards to interest rates. So this is from Bloomberg. Fed seen raising to 4% in 2022 and signaling higher and longer. So the consensus amongst these Bloomberg economists is that we're going to get a 75 basis point rate hike next week or this week, the week that you're listening. And as you guys know, as they raise interest rates, they incentivize you to hold your dollars. And if you hold your dollars, you are decreasing the money velocity. Your money is changing hands less times than if there were much lower interest rates. If, the, if you can't be rewarded for your saving, then you are going to go out and spend your money. And that's going to boost the economy. More money flowing through the economy is better for everyone. It boosts jobs, it boosts company profits, it boosts stock prices, but higher interest rates 
incentivizes me to take my extra money and put it away and collect this good interest rate rather than going out and spending it. Now, granted, that interest rate is still far below inflation, but I mean, what can you do? I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. Inflation, and this just came out last week, 8.3%, much higher than anybody expected it to be. And all these economists, they were expecting it to be far lower because of the drastic decrease in oil prices. Crude oil was up near 130, near the peak of the, or the beginning of the Russia-Ukraine invasion. And now it's, it's far lower. It's in the 80s or 90s, give or take. I can verify that right here. 90, 85 for crude oil. So, as I said, their consensus is a 75 base point rate hike. Uh, rates seen staying at peak in 2023 as Fed battles inflation. Recent inflation, 8.3%. These rates have been running very hot. So, I am on my nifty website. Well, it's not mine, but I, I love this website, tradingeconomics.com. It's where you can find all the information about pretty much everything I talk about. And right now we, we see the 10-year treasury is at 3.44%, but inflation is at 8.3%. At and as I've explained to you, as I've explained this to you guys numerous times, you are lending money and earning 3.4% compounded annually in a currency that's losing 8.3% of its purchasing power every year. So you are essentially going to lose purchasing power at a higher rate than the interest would compensate you for. So this is the anomaly that I brought up earlier. So if you scroll down on the trading economics website, after you click on the United States government bond 10 year, you can see there's a US 10 year, there's a US four week, there's an eight week, a three month, a six month, 52 week, two year, three year, five year, seven year, 20 year, 30 year, and this is a concept that I'm sure you guys understand, but I'm going to put it just into simple terms. If you are lending money for 30 years versus if you are lending money for one year, think about the differences between that. A lot more can go wrong in a 30-year time frame than in one year. You're putting your money, if I'm buying a 30-year U.S. Treasury, I'm giving my money to the government for 30 years and they're, they're borrowing it for 30 years. I, with my knowledge on uh, you know, economics and whatnot, I would say it's pretty risky to lend my money to them for 30 years. This government is insolvent, so I'm not really interested in that. But a lot can go wrong in 30 years. So it would make sense that you are compensated more for pu putting away your money with them for a longer period of time. If I'm giving them money for 30 years, I would expect an annual... Uh, an annual interest rate higher than if I were to lend them money for one year. But right now, that is not the case. And if you want to ask me why, don't bother because I have no idea. This does not make sense. It's an anomaly. Right now, the U.S. 10-year is giving you 3.44% compounded annually. But if you want to lend your money for only one year, the 52-week treasury, they're giving you 3.96%. What sense does that make? That's 51 basis points higher than the 10-year treasury. And you're putting your money away for a lot longer in the 10-year treasury. 
So why the hell would I buy a 10-year treasury and get 3.4% when I can just get the, the one-year treasury and get damn near 4%? And then once the treasury, uh, after the year is up, then I'm just going to buy right back into it. And I'm going to get that 4% again. It doesn't make any sense. But I wanted to bring that up because with the government in, or with the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates, we're, we're going to see a lot more of this action and maybe some more anomalies. And it might be predicting a crisis of sort, which brings me to my next article. And this is from The Guardian. World Bank warns higher interest rates could trigger global recession. So as we know, all of these giant central banks, they're raising interest rates. The European Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, those are the two biggest, the uh, Chinese Central Bank. And here's a couple of paragraphs from this article right at the beginning. World may be edging towards recession as central bank simultaneously as central banks simultaneously raise interest rates to combat persistent inflation. And the World Bank said that. Three largest economies have been slowing sharply, and even a moderate hit to global economy could t tip us into recession. This is something I've been talking about. This is something I do think will happen. All of these governments, they have all this debt that they can't afford to pay off. All these countries, they have inflation that they cannot tame. And... There is not really a solution other than an economic downturn. And it's kind of just like a chicken's coming home to roost scenario. We lived all these good times, artificially low interest rates, boosting the economy up when it didn't even need the artificial boost. And then everyone was fine and dandy. Everyone's 401ks were just going to the moon. And now the chickens are kind of coming home to roost. And, you know, a lot of people... They'll compare the, you know, their 401ks under the Biden administration and under the Trump administration. I do not defend Trump in this scenario because he was pushing Jerome Powell to lower interest rates when they did not need to be lowered. It was just a way to artificially stimulate the economy. And then Trump can be there to be like, oh, yeah, you see your 401k? It's mighty, mighty fine. You guys are making a lot of money. That's because of me. But it was irresponsible to lower interest rates in a prospering economy. And now we're forced to raise interest rates in a declining economy. So if anything, we should have raised interest rates when we were doing good, when we could afford to take that hit, and then lower interest rates when we can't afford to take that hit. And right now we cannot afford to raise interest rates, but we also can't afford not to because inflation is so bad. All of these central banks and all of these governments, they are in a giant pickle, and at some point, something will happen, something will have to break, and I don't know when it'll happen. My guess is in the next 24 months, we'll see something very big happen, and it probably won't be very fun. And yeah, global economy was now in its steepest slowdown after a post-recession recovery since 1970, and consumer confidence had already dropped more sharply than in the run-up to previous global recessions. Consumer confidence. The people of America, the people of other countries, they know that shit is not right right now. They, they're all struggling. They're, they lack the confidence. They can't afford to put food on the table. People in Europe, they can't afford to heat their house. Uh, 
yeah, gas prices have dipped down a little bit here, but everything is still so expensive. Food, a trip to the grocery store, 200 bucks, it hardly gets you anything now. You gotta spend 500 bucks at the grocery store to really like stock up. So the consumers, they know, they know that something is wrong and they do not have confidence at the moment. And I don't have confidence either. I can't wait till I'm bringing you guys good news because this is all kind of doom and gloom, but I'm just presenting reality. And by presenting reality, I can at least get you guys to understand what's actually going on. Not what we want to go on, but what's actually going on. And that is food crises, energy crises, inflation, raising interest rates that we can't afford to do. And then these, these wars on the other side of the world, it's making it all worse, especially with the energy and food shortages. So... I'm doing this podcast so that you guys can take a step forward in your financial future, so you guys can learn the principles of investing, go out on your own, go educate yourself, go read some books, go read uh, Benjamin Graham's The Intelligent Investor, go read Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Those are a couple good ones. If you want to learn about economics, uh, Henry Hazlitt's book, uh, Economics in One Basic Lesson, I think that's what it's called. That one was great. Ludwig von Mises, he wrote Human Action. All these books, they're, they're, they're not necessarily crucial, but they can at least put you, take, give you steps to take in the right direction. Because you can't just listen to me. I mean, I'm, I'm 23, I don't have all my finances figured out, but I'm at least doing what I can to educate myself in the financial realm further, because I do not want to depend on anybody in the future. I want to be able to sustain myself. I want to be able to provide for my girlfriend. I want to be able to travel the world if I want. I want to. I do not want to be a debt slave to the system. And I don't want that for you guys either. So with that being said, go educate yourselves and share the show. If it provides you value, if it entertains you in any way, tell a friend. This movement is completely organic. We don't advertise anywhere. The only way our show gets more viewers is you guys sending them to me or to us at the New School Project or people stumbling upon us on social media or the algorithms on YouTube. Other than that, this movement grows by you guys telling other people. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate that. If you have any advice, comments, or requested topics, be sure to email us at info at the new school podcast.com. And if you have some interesting articles or some things that you want me to discuss, I'd be happy to. So be sure to tune in to next Monday on Max Morning Market Mania and tune in every Wednesday at 6 a.m. for our full-length episodes. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks.